Welcome to another episode of Thirsty Smurfin' Thursday. We are going to have topic du jour tonight. Um, and the reason being is that for the first time in a long time, um, we collectively did not do show prep. Ryan DeMay did show prep, uh, which is actually pretty pretty <laughs> powerful. We'll do it live! Fuck it! <laughs> hey, you know what? And listen, listen. Thanks, he didn't Bill. Really, it wasn't even a pre-recorded beep. He sat there and waited and timed that up. You got to appreciate the talent. You just have, and no mouse either, you know, <laughs> with no mouse. It's like uh, he's feeding the geese with a broken wrist right now, ladies and gentlemen. That he's doing I, it because he I cares. I want to watch that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Deme, can, Deme shared an article. Picture. Only, only if you're afraid of vid 19 uh, <laughs> i had a, a video to me did you want me to oh, play we'll watch that after. video we'll watch that we'll watch that after okay um watch that in the so I, I, I figured we'll go ahead and we'll start this uh we're gonna and we're gonna call the, at least the, the however many segments we get to we're gonna call this first one here lawn care pricing um this oh, is yeah, the yeah. article you were you were talking about right Demay? yeah I th- it's something that you know when we were in louisville back in october that mm-hmm. um we asked the audience at our live podcast recording with our good friend Timmy, you know, after that, of hey, what do you want to hear more from us about coming into 2024? What can we talk about that's relevant in your world, tangible things that you can take away? And it's not to say that we're 100% right on any of this shit, um, but it is interesting, you know, we can start with this pricing article. And then uh, there's another article I think I shared in Dirty Deeds uh, yesterday, day before, something like that, that. We can talk about too, and it's just you know sort of setting the table for, I think, some more of the conversations that we'll have you know, throughout the year, um, and what the what the feedback was in that room back in Louisville in October was, hey, we really like to talk more about you know pricing and um, understanding you know how to make money and and just you know things like that where I think a lot of times and I think it's, it'll talk about this in the article here, but how many times. Matt and Ray, do you go into those lawn care Facebook groups and everybody's like, you know, either, hey, what's everybody charging? How much should I price this for? Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. oh man, I got True Green's price list. I cracked the code. You know, like we're reading a fucking Dan Brown book here or something. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's not, it, it should not be that difficult. <laughs> should not be that difficult. And you're probably just like Homeboy that we were talking about in the pre show, have really mind fucked yourself into making some mm-hmm. bad decisions and causing the ripple effect uh, to other parts of your life, most likely. Okay. So let's read this article. This was published uh, just recently here by Advanced Turf, and it's not to call them out or anything like that. I thought it was a timely article and it was something good to just, you know, start the conversation around. Oh gosh, this was written five years ago. So uh, let's side down. I'll read this uh, in the style of burn return here. All right. At this time of year, I often get asked, oh, you're changing. I'm reading it from you, your JPEG, so I'll have to pull it up myself so I can read it. No, you're good. Myself. I was zooming in a little bit. You're good? You're good. Okay. Okay. All right. At this time of year, I often get asked two things. Quote, unquote, what will happen with pricing this season? And how should I, how much should I charge my customers? So I did some research and I'm hoping to share it with you to help. Lawn application pricing runs anywhere, and this is Grant. This is written in January of 2018, folks. So take it for with a grain of salt. 
runs anywhere from $60 to $120 per application per 10,000 square feet of lawn. That is a big spread. It leaves a lot of room for opportunities, but also leaves room for mistakes. I think the biggest challenge that many of us face with pricing is we underestimate our value to the customer. Still, there's a lot of concern over what to charge. Price is a combination of the cost of doing business and what the marketplace and the customer will support. Not all markets are created equal, and even a market like Cleveland, there are, sub, there are sub-markets. So they're saying that you know, different neighborhoods, things like that. I think it's worth focusing on what drives your customer. Research conducted by Wharton School of Business states that there are three types of customers. Tightwads comprise 24%, unconflicted or average, 61%, and spendthrifts, 15%. Interestingly, Carnegie Mellon found that price triggers the same regions of the brain associated with pain, and customers will spend to the point of causing pain. All right, so they say, what are some of the strategies to avoid losing sales for stupid reasons? All right, number one, don't use comparative pricing between you and your competitor. It makes customers suspicious. Focus on why they should choose you, but be careful not to imply that you are better than somebody else. Uh, uh, I think you can. Time out on that one. Time. I, I object. We, to we'll, that, we'll discuss that these. We, we can discuss these as we go. So go yeah. ahead, Ray. What do you go ahead? You know, you have to give somebody a very good reason as to why you actually cost what you do. That, that's been my experience. I mean, if you sell yourself on the basis, I cost more, but uh, I'm just like everybody else. Uh, my goodness, that's a good way to get sh- yourself shown the door, I think, anyway. That's a good way. I mean, so it, it, that's just a strange uh, directive to put out there, I think. Yeah, yeah I mean, I don't, think you wanna, I don't think you want to put anybody down, but at the same time, differentiating yourself is not necessarily the same thing as talking shit about a competitor. Uh, no, it, it's not. It's not. I mean, it's, it's got nothing to do with that. And, you know, well, I often approach it in the manner of, Telling people, okay, you get this, this, and this versus the norm is that these things don't happen. This doesn't get done. I mean, that's, that's the difference. A, and that's a fair point. That it's it's apples to apples, right, Ray? And, and it's hard to do that <laughs> when I say, "Hey, I'm going to give you six applications." But if six applications is quarter pound shots, right? Or if I'm using tissue tests to calibrate my boron applications. Then eh, it might not be quite as valuable as somebody who's you know doing a real program. So, Matt, let me ask you this because you sold in volume lawn care and you had probably a lot of objections, a lot of pricing conversations, this, that, and the other thing. Everybody, everybody that's listening to this show, I don't care if you're on YouTube, if you're on your podcast platform, whatever, everybody has one competitor that's, and let's leave True Green out of it because they're the 800 pound gorilla in the room. There's always one other competitor in your market that you fucking hate, that you think they do a shit job, they don't, they're not good at their job, but somehow they have the market share that they do, and it pisses you off, right? So let me ask you, let's role play this a little bit. Matt, you walk up to a customer, right, that has that, right? We'll call it uh, dickhead lawns, right? They're using dickhead lawns, and uh, you want to sell Mrs. Jones on not using dickhead lawns anymore, but using you know, fairy lawns or Matt Martin incorporated, what would you say 
when there was some pushback well you know i like my my current company or i'm you know i'm not happy or i'm not dissatisfied or whatever right so how do you play that game without you know if you have to put them down it could be like hey listen they're a bunch of dick bags and i hate their fucking guts buy from me <laughs> that's probably not an effective so, sales strategy but how would you take it i'll say that what is what is probably the most realistic situation is that they will have like one particular issue in their lawn that has been bothering them uh and, and it can be relatively small but it's something that just sticks out in their mind as it hasn't been addressed and it's something they've brought to their technician's attention and it's yet to have been addressed. And usually it's been happening for a season. Right. And I'm getting pushback. Right. I'm, I'm still getting that objection on, on closing the deal. And we'll say, we'll say it is price. Right. And th there's a little bit of calculus that I start to employ. Right. Is what is, uh, how many customers do I have in that neighborhood? Where is her property? in that neighborhood is it at the, the beginning of the neighborhood or is it all the way into the back of the neighborhood um what is the overall starting condition of her lawn um mm -hmm. what are the conditions of the properties in that neighborhood uh how many houses in that neighborhood have uh have lawn care services so We'll, I'll kind of go through and say, you know, she's got a property somewhat at the at the, uh, uh, the the front of the neighborhood. It's a neighborhood where 75% of the houses have lawn care services, um, and I have zero customers in there. Here's what I would say. I would be like, uh, so I get at least one, uh, I'll say on my second objection on price, right? So I'd come out with my first price and say, you know, okay, look, this is what I'm going to be able to do for you uh, to shave a little bit of cost. And this is where I'm going to make sure that I tailor my program to address this specific issue with you, right? And because my primary concern is addressing that issue, I have included this into the program, right? And that's what's pushed our, um, our price outside of your current budget. So how about we, we're going to hold off on the Lime application at the end of the year, and, uh, and that's going to bring us a little bit closer. So we're still going to be over $45 on, on the year. However, we are going to prioritize tackling this specific issue you have here. And then I get a second objection, right? Of like, really, I just, I can't go any higher than I have to. And I'll say, okay, um, I'm going to make this one specific deal for you. And uh, a couple of things. Number one, please, God, do not tell anyone at my office that I did this for this price. Uh, I'm going to have to fudge some numbers on my end just to make sure it works out on your end. Uh, then the second thing is, is that please, if you are satisfied with what I do for you, I beg you to refer me to your neighbors. It is whoever you're friends with in this neighborhood, if you don't mind if I'm in the neighborhood and I pass by, even though it's not my time to do an application, is it okay if I put a sign in your yard that I can use as advertising? And here's the deal, for every customer you do send me, look, I, I will give you a free application. We'll say the lawn's you know, 5,000 square feet. I will, I will give you a free application. And I know I'm, I'm shooting myself in the foot here by doing this, but uh, one, I would love to build route density in this neighborhood because I don't have a lot of customers in it. I love the location of your property. And from my experience, for as long as I've worked in this industry, the problem that you need address in your property is something I have a lot of experience with. So um, I know I'm going to be able to tackle that and at least offer you uh, a level of satisfaction that you've been able to get yet. So all of that into, uh, in, into perspective, 
Um, is it okay if I get started on your lawn today? That's pretty good. Yeah, Fuck you, good. dickhead bonds. I don't. Yeah, that, I don't. Very... I have a very high close rate. I'll say that. Yeah. Well, I've sold a million dollars in lawn care applications. That, single-handedly. That kind of no. That kind of mirrors my experience. Although it's a little different, where uh, I'm kind of like the last stop before the bulldozer. You know, I'm the last stop before the bulldozer and astroturf. <laughs> so, and, and you know, and sometimes, like, yeah. if if you notice the way I approach that, is I mm-hmm. everything I said, I said with complete deliberation on what exactly I was going to do. I try to avoid the us, the hymns, the halls, the maybe I can do this. I think I can do that. I should be able to. The only place I'm going to say is I should be able to do that is me reinforcing the fact that I'm doing this at a price that I'm not comfortable with in actuality. Am I really that upset over the price? Maybe I'm coming in at 30% material cost, which we'll actually get to later in this article, which is not where I need to be. Um, but, um, the rest of it, as far as the problem solving and why I want to bring her into my atmosphere of lawn care treatments, I say with really complete deliberation. And I, and I think what you're saying there too, Ray, with like, you know, when you're, when you're taking on a project that is going to be like a major fuck you style renovation is that you have to approach it, especially when people are going to be writing you a check for thousands of dollars, you cannot afford a stutter. Uh, you can stutter in the sense that you're putting together your thoughts, but you can't give one of those qualifiers that, that leaves you an out if it doesn't work, right? Everything has to be said with complete confidence. When I'm doing top dressing jobs, even if I'm confidently telling them that I'm doing a single top dressing application and the single top dressing application is not going to leave you satisfied. But if I can show you the quality of work that we put into this one job here, I think it will make sense for you to justify the expense for me to do it for the next three continuous years to achieve the desired outcome that you have on top of your head. So I'm telling them right. basically, look, I'm going to do this one and you're, you, it's going to look good. You're going to see, I do it professionally, but it's not going to be the end all be all when I would say yeah, you're, you're going to write applications. Mm-hmm. Same exact thing. This yeah, same I'm exact- going to apply Pilex yeah. on this schedule this year. It is not going to kill your Bermuda grass. However, if you see the results of this year, especially come spring and it really starts to bedazzle you, it's going to make it easier to justify the next three remaining years are going to have to do this to truly uh, conquer this issue for you. Matt, that leads to like uh, another point in that once you do, you know, land a job, you have to start delivering some pretty dramatic results, uh, rather quickly and that's something that you know i i too i'm familiar with doing that where i'm familiar with making things turn around like i I tell people if i can't make this look better in 90 days then yeah i had you i lied to you uh get rid of me I have told people before that if if I do, if you give me one year, 
one year on mm -hmm. your property and I do not rectify this issue, I will write you a personal check for $1,000. I have used that line, mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many times. Do you know how many thousand dollar checks I've had to write in my <laughs> life to a customer? Zero. <laughs> um, Zero. And again, you know, you have to make sure that when you are, are, you know, making that kind of claim, you better damn well be able to relentlessly fucking execute. What's up, James? Um, LW50. It, because again, it's one thing to sell. It's another thing to produce, right? And you have mm -hmm. to have your confidence and your ability to produce match your ability to sell. So if you feel like you're better in sales than producing, you better up your production game. If you think you're better at production than you are in selling, you better bring that up to match. And when you balance those two, then you can grow and, and really how quickly you grow becomes your new strategy. And that's a completely different <laughs> ball game. We'll, we'll go on to the next point here. Yeah. We're, we're me, talking uh, about price and, here and I'm about to go off into the deep end. <laughs> Don't just come out of your cave, man. It's okay. Now bring your, bring your portable nebulizer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, number two, <laughs> focus wow, on how your product focus on, <laughs> Focus on how your product will make a customer feel versus how much they will save. Use descriptive selling yes. to connect with your customers' emotions, memories, and desires. I agree with that. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, yes. Yes. One thousand percent. So, it's a, I, you know, when it ahead. when it comes to, I'm just going to say, with marketing, and you know, you have to conduct tests and aggregate the data from your marketing test. And that includes your marketing messages, right? And create, how many times have we talked about buyer profiles, right? You have to create buyer profiles. When you're a one-man show and you're allocating uh, uh, marketing dollars and you think, oh, I'm going to run a Facebook post. No, you have to build a strategy. You can still take that $1,000 and run a strategy and do four $200 campaigns with different buyer profiles because you can set your demographics and all that fun stuff, right? So you build one for your retirees, right? And you say, you put your career to completion. I'm going to put your lawn off your responsibility plate so you get to enjoy what you earned. Whatever, whatever kind of message you want to appeal to a retiree, you know, you did your time. Now enjoy your time. I'm going to take care of your lawn so I can give you your piece of paradise, whatever, you know. OK, so you've got them. You've got uh, then the people that have uh, uh, that are that are middle aged, uh, you know, 10, 15 years from retirement and be like, take care, take the extra time to spend time with your kids. Be the family man you always wanted to be and let me take care of the lawn, right? There's your next one. And then you've got the, I, you know, uh, the, the travelers, right? You want to go enjoy the world and spend your time seeing what's important to you and taking in cultures and whatever else. Leave a trusted professional to manage your best or biggest investment, your property, right? Um, yeah, you know, we do criminal background checks, drug tests, whatever, to make sure every person at our company that is on your property is going to value it the exact same way you do. 
you know, all of those things, you, you got th you know, three different buying profiles there. And those are probably three people that would be actively investing in lawn care services. And you're targeting each of them, right? And what you do is you look as, as these calls start coming in or these quote requests start coming in, you classify which buying profile they, they came from, right? So you got a big funnel and then you start narrowing it down. And then you have your pitch for each of them as you get on. And then you look at how many convert from each buying profile. They came from this buying profile. I close 80% in this group. I close 30% in that group. I close 60% in that group. Why am I only closing 30 and 60 in these two groups? Make an adjustment. Document it. So that's why next year you've got your new adjustment to put into practice. Boom. Have opinions. I was like, I, I was like, if you are going to have a conversation with them, right? And it, and sometimes you you ask like, hey, what are the problems? What are the pain points? Right? Sometimes you have to start at the end and work backwards, right? So, hey, tell me what your lawn would look like if it was perfect to you, right? And you can find out how high they're setting the bar. This is another, you know, Brent was in the chat <laughs> talking about qualifying <laughs> questions. I'd like to know ahead of time if i'm dealing with a complete psychopath right because if they <laughs> want everything per well it, it it changes the conversation from the jump because if somebody is up here with their expectations you need to match or exceed that and if you lead with well i'm going to do the grub control blah, blah, you know if you're talking about the basics and these people are up here in the stratosphere it's a whole different conversation around price value right what you're going to do how you're going to deliver on that type of thing right I like to get yep. that out of the way first yep. to know if I'm talking to, you know, if I'm talking to, and there's no, no wrong way to do it, right? They all sell, but it's a, a Chevy customer, a Buick customer, a Cadillac customer, right? Because, you know, just because you show up at a house that, you know, is a million dollar property or they might not give a shit. They just want it to look better, you know, than yeah. the guy next door yeah. or. It, yeah. It depends on what somebody wants and that is uh something that i deal with all the time and i can kind of uh like look around as i drive into a neighborhood and i often need to avert my eyes <laughs> i seriously often need to avert my eyes and i know quite well what it is is they see what everybody else is getting, but they want something different. They want something different, and then it's like totally on me to be different. It's and, on and me that's, to be different. It's <laughs> on you to be different. It's also on you to have them say it in their own words so that you can mm -hmm. tailor your message, just like Matt said, right? That's your marketing yeah. test right there. Because if they can't describe it, then okay, I need to go into description mode and I need to paint the picture mm -hmm. for them. Or you're going to get some very specific feedback, right? To then drive the knife into those pain points, right? As they exist, because usually right. they're going to say, yeah, I want this, this, and this, but I can't get that because mm -hmm. I have this, this, and this. Well, here's how we can make that go away. And here's how we can take this that's here already and make it to the next level. Right, right, right. So that, go on. I'm sorry, Matt. I interrupted you. No, you're okay. Two things, you know, tell I said, I, uh, if they say, as long as it's green, I don't care. Um, I, I love those people. Um, 
<laughs> because <laughs> uh, you know it's it's easy to say that you know I promise you I can make it so green that you're not going to be able to keep up with the level of work that's going to be required of you. So I promise you, it's not that you want it green and you don't care. Um, the reality is, is that you need some sort of balance between time management, your level of investment that's required, and then what your actual expectations are, right? So sometimes you got to dig a little deeper into it, right? And get them to actually tell you. Uh, Mitch said, I had a customer tell me he wanted a yard like the master's. Um, a lot of times you can uh, reset that back to reality in a couple of ways, right? Um, you can do it either a brutally honest, poor bet, bedside manner way and just be like, uh, write me a check for $100,000 and we'll get started. Um, and then, you know, you say it as a joke, of course, and they'll kind of be like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> or you come out of the gate, you'll be like, okay, here's the first things first that we're going to do is number one, we need to do an irrigation audit. We're probably going to have to change up the way your irrigation system runs, including head location, uh, number of heads per zone. Uh, flow rates, all that fun stuff. We're going to have to have to uh, uh, build a new strategy for number two is if you haven't picked out a, a mower yet, um, here are my recommendations. You know, I would look at a John Deere 20 E. I think right now you can get them on sale. You know, the previous year's model for like sixteen, eighteen thousand dollars has a floating head. It's going to help <laughs> with some of the dips and undulations. I'm going to recommend at least two. Uh, top dressings a year, but number one, we're actually going to come in and we're going to do a big, nice two inch sand cap uh, off the gate. Um, you know, basically your 5,000 square foot lawn, you know, realistically, we're probably going to do two tandems, uh, three tandems. Uh, so, you know, maybe, maybe something like 60 tons of sand to, uh, to, to jumpstart this uh, installation costs. You know, we're probably going to be like a uh, hundred, a uh, hundred dollars, hundred dollars a ton uh, plus, plus getting it spread. Um, you know, maybe, maybe $300 a ton. So we'll, this first one, we'll call it 9,000 to get that done. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, you know, you see them start to turn gray, uh, gray in their face. Right. And then, uh, and then you can ask them, okay, if that's not practical, what is practical? Right. And, uh, and, but at some, at some point you have to snap them back to reality if they're adamant about that. But sometimes they may just be saying that as a joke. And then of course you got to joke back. Yeah. They usually are, they usually are joking. And my best conversations are usually with customers that happen to be golfers. Those are my favorite kind of conversations. Because when they show up in a Ford F two fifty on thirty seven inch tires, and they get out and they're five foot six, and they tell you they want a lawn like the Masters, then normally it's okay to be a dick. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's a joke, usually it, I don't do that. Yeah, well, I, I know I know what you're talking about, uh, <laughs> and and likewise, uh, I guess it's okay for me to be a dick <laughs> because I'm only five foot six. <laughs> <laughs> the, the difference is is that uh, you can you can actually turn a a lawn into the masters. So uh, <laughs> true. I mean, that, that is true, but. Uh, I had a, I, I've actually had somebody satisfy like your qualifier, Matt. That said the same thing. I want your lawn like the Masters, and I said something very much like what you did, and off we went. So <laughs> it happens. That, it happens. It happens. It happened. Yeah. You got you, you got you got called on it, didn't you? <laughs> right. And then you can't turn gray when they say that, right? You got to hold your breath. Oh no, it's. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not turning gray. I'm like, all right, let's fucking go to work. All right. 
Yeah, I'm yeah. It's like, uh, it's like what? <laughs> for, no, for me, somebody spot. that somebody that, that that actually wasn't holding back like that. I said, "All right, my kind of people. Yeah. Now we can talk. Now we no. can talk." I mean, you want extra? I got extra. <laughs> yeah, we can we can go extra all day long. All right, let's let's go read. I think we're on. What are we on? Point number three or four? Something like that. Uh, three. Change the context of what you're selling. Words have value in the sense that of how you use them to change a customer's frame of reference. Even simple things like calling an application or treatment a visit or a site evaluation will change how a customer perceives your product. Um, I don't know. I see. Here is. <laughs> I don't know. I think this is, you know, a little bit of semantics, all that kind of stuff. But I, I really think that on this front, people give less of a shit of how you're going to do it. Like, I feel like this, like if you have somebody that's asking you questions of how many times you're going to be here, this, that, and the other thing, I think they're trying to shop and compare you to a competitor of yours and just say, well, that, you know, they're going to give me, you know, six visits for 500 bucks and you're going to give me six visits for $550 clearly you're more well let's break that down and you know if you want to go down to that quantitative route and start doing the math on stuff yeah we can we can play that game and Matt gave some really really good ways of doing that of you know explaining the value and offsetting that with ways that you know the customer can help them and they can get free applications or whatever i also think too that people are more interested in you know why it's important for them and how it gets done is less important, right? So, hey, at the end of this, right, at the end of this one year that you're going to give me, just like Matt said, I'm going to provide you a lawn that will compete, if not be the best on the block. It'll be something that you can enjoy with your children, with your pets. You can feel safe about the products that we use, the people that we have here on your property. And ultimately, we're going to add value to your home and add value to your life because, as we said before, you're going to get that time back as you grow the, or as we grow the lawn. All you'll have to do is simply go out here and enjoy it. You know, that people will feel that. And just like they said in the previous point, but I think it's less about, you know, I've said this before on here, the idea that it is a set of tasks that produces a result. You know, you have to kind of feed into that a little bit from a productivity sense or, you know, just production of, you know, the lawn care uh, in your business. But at the same time, too, is like you have to be a little bit cognizant of each of these properties, what these people want and how they want to be treated and quite honestly if you hear all the horror stories about volume lawn care and you know we sit here and rag on them all day long it's because they show up and treat it as a commodity ray right when you Mm -hmm. and and when you become a commodity in the sales environment that's it it's over right it's just going to come down to price and probably nothing else or you know um maybe mrs jones will pick you know your truck because it's got the right color green on it or some shit like that (laughs) <laughs> or maybe you'll have a yeah. gentleman that wants to pay you naked and thinks you're cute. Things happen yeah. in life or, that you can't explain. Or, or, or a guy, or a guy that wants to uh, grab hold of you. Yikes! <laughs> well, Matt wasn't taking that far. He, he, you know, well, they, they, Matt described <laughs> that story I think on our last episode, and you know, the guy was just practicing his shooting and dribbling. It just didn't involve a basketball. That's all. <laughs> all right uh let's see here number four location 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 certain zip codes and subdivisions will support a higher price point for the same product think about high okay so they're talking about like a high-end grocery store versus walmart are they trying to say that walmart's not a high-end store here guys what the fuck 
Um, likewise, the, the Hill people might find them at Walmart. Maybe not, though. Uh, likewise, you may command higher prices in a less appealing markets due to lack of competition. Okay. So here's the question on pricing, right? Mm-hmm. Both of you. And again, you're coming at this from two different angles, and I have some thoughts on this too, but is it better to go to the high-end neighborhoods, the McMansion neighborhoods, and, and do properties like that, or is it better to go to a part of town where the True Greens or even just the local two-man bands are just like, fuck it, I'm not going all the way that's out of town. You know, uh, Is it better to set up shop where you can own it and not have the competition, or is it better to go where, all right, yeah, I can make an extra 5 or 10 or $15 every stop or i can you know maybe hammer this neighborhood and it's a really high dollar neighborhood but it's also 15 minutes away from my closest property on any other route how do you guys look at that because pricing I, doesn't necessarily mean, mean profit too like we, we we've got down to that level but this is more about geographic location hey our buddy on twitter matt right that that couldn't pay his appointments through christmas so you know he had to make oh, him yeah. come to work man had to make him come to work dick and a he fucking is. idiot. You should go look at some of his most recent tweets. He's a real gem. But keep going here. Oh, I should have followed him. I didn't, of course. But I I'll mean, that guy is a I'll moron. And he is a leadership guy. Get the fuck out of here. That guy is anti-leadership. Okay, um, so the 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 again, well, going back to competition versus geography and home values and perceived value of what you think a client would be. But is that oh, I, I have, counterintuitive? I have a special take on it. It's counterintuitive. Ryan, because here's my experience. My experience is, is that at least where I'm at, a nice neighborhood with multi-million dollar properties is literally a no-go for me. And the reason why it's a no-go for me, and I can just take a look around the neighborhood and see the hacktastic shit work that is done on the lawns and landscapes in these multi-million dollar properties. And I just nope my way out of there because I have gone to those kind of neighborhoods and I tell them what their monthly fee is going to be. And it is as if I suggested killing grandma. I mean, I literally get that kind of reaction. Okay, I mean, I literally get that kind of reaction, and the thing is, is that I understand because I'm also extremely carefully profiling those kind of people as I drive in there. And you know what I'm looking for, Ryan? What's that? There's a couple of what? indicators or tells. One is the Give parking pass that is required for a parent to drive into the parking lot of one of the three private schools here on the island. My next indicator is the parking pass for YLI Country Club. Uh Those are my two signs that these people have spent so much money showing off that they no longer have money to put into their property. And that is the actual truth. That is the honest truth of the situation. 
Yeah. And, um, I'll, I'll say this, that mm-hmm. if you, if you are a small company, right. And the, and when I say small company that you don't have, um, corporate like structure, um, environment, uh, systems of like immediately onboarding and implementing a customer into your, into your portfolio with, already reaching out and telling them like completely automated where, you know, as soon as they, they hit accept on the email or you're there with them and you hit accept, they're getting a welcome to so-and-so lawn care. You're there making the application that day, certainly no more than 24 hours later. You're not going to have the success uh, in, in the McMansion neighborhoods. You're just not, and you are, kidding yourself if you think you are again i think you know kind of what ray is saying here is that a lot of times those people are uh liquid strapped right so they they may have high net worth um but as far as as liquid cash is not typically how they deal and so they are looking at everything from a pure roi type perspective right and if they feel like they have to ask questions, they're going to start questioning why they're spending money for you, right? Like they signed up with you, but they haven't heard anything since you signed up. It's been three days. You haven't made the first application. Am I even a customer? Well, True Green is treating the yard next door. I'm just going to let them uh, treat mine. And then the, as soon as the guy uh, treats the lawn, he's getting phone calls from corporate. They're texting him. They're emailing him. He knows he's a customer at that point. Out of sight, out of mind. It's one less responsibility he has on his plate, right? I will say that in in those McMansion neighborhoods, and okay, like here locally we have Kensington, right? And uh, you know your average home cost in there is is going to be eight hundred thousand, eh, seven hundred thousand and above, right? And uh, and and again, if it is not a handholding steamroll you process into integration then it is not, you're not going to do well there at all. No, you're just not. Where I learned that the hard way is that I've started marketing in those places. And when I did not have the corporate system that I came from being self-employed, I was like, why am I sucking so much ass in this, right? Again, that's <laughs> when branding becomes more important, right? Everything has to look the same. Your quote requests have to look the same. Your uniform has to match as your quote request has to match your truck, has to match your flag. Any kind of yep. literature you leave behind has to match. Like branding is everything in those kind of environments. But then all of a sudden, I'd be getting phone calls from what would be like a 1,200 square foot house on four acres out in the country. And I tell this guy, I'm like, look, man, this is going to be eight grand for me to treat your yard this year. And I'm like, cool. you know what matt i gotta tell you my favorite people to work for until they moved back to oklahoma were these people that literally had a half an acre of bermuda grass around their lawn far outside of town you know what you know why i love them it's because I told them what it would cost for me to eradicate their goosegrass 
infestation and make their lawn green again. And they said, okay, if you can do it, we'll pay you. <laughs> and I did it. And they the, were my favorite the, people. <laughs> they yeah, were literally and, my and, favorite you know, people. <laughs> <laughs> all, all that to say is that I think if you're just getting started and you do not have intimate knowledge of the city or location or town you're in, do not think you're going to waltz into the ritzy neighborhoods and close lawn after lawn after lawn after lawn. I tended well, to do again. better in neighborhoods at, uh, and where I could sell a, a shit ton and get good route density where actually larger acreage um somewhat smaller houses so a 2000 square foot house on a half acre was like i don't know why but i killed it selling those self employed when you know what, i was Matt? in corporate lawn care um mm -hmm. a, a a 2500 to 7000 square foot house uh on a a quarter acre or a half acre where i'm treating 5 to 10000 square feet I sold those all day long. I, it would be nothing in a in a hundred neighborhood home to literally pick up eighty houses in a neighborhood in two months. I don't know why, but it just I think it fit that whole corporate infrastructure that I had, right? And until you can develop that system, and it's not to say you can be a two man show and have those kind of systems in place with automations the way they are today and language learning models. That's all doable. But you've got to really invest that time and you have to find the time to invest to, to make that a reality. Otherwise, you're not going to do well in the McMansion neighborhoods. You're just fucking not. I'm telling you right now. However, again, the uh, I guess the, the factor to that I think, you know, I've become aware of is I've kind of be, become known as the larger lawn specialist, Matt. larger lawn specialist because anybody for example can deal with 500 to 750 square feet anybody can do it uh it's different when it's 5000 square feet to a half an acre it's way different right matt mhm mm hugely different mhm mm and of course the first question i get is so how are you gonna spray this thing i said watch me <laughs> i don't tell them hold my beer because that's not who i am but you know you get the point <laughs> you get the I point look at, i look at it like this is you know uh if if selling I, i'm all about analogies you know that so think about like baseball right selling is your offense applications you know production is your defense right and you just like in baseball you know some people can't hit a curveball can't hit a fastball whatever like you have to like what matt was saying is find your avatars and message to them you have to find who you can hit and succeed with right because you might not be comfortable talking to rich people you might not be comfortable talking to trailer trash or somewhere in between you have to find the people that you can resonate with and just fucking hit them hard close at 80 or 90 percent don't waste your fucking time trying to convince people that you're the best because it's not worth your time especially if you're small it is not worth your fucking time so on the defense side you also have to find those properties and figure out how to get good because a lot of people have to learn defense is not innate <laughs> you know you have to learn how to play that right 
And I think when you figure out who the people are that you talk to and the types of homes that they live in, whether it's, you know, the, the country house out in four acres or whatever, then you get good at treating those lawns, right? You teach yourself how to play that position and how to get good at it, right? Because you can close those people. You know the people that live in those houses. You know how to talk to them. You know how to sell them. And you know how to deliver for them. And then you get good at the back end, right? You figure the other shit out because it is able to be figured out. But you feeling comfortable talking to people. Some people just never get comfortable having that conversation with a doctor or a lawyer for whatever reason or vice versa. So <laughs> take advantage of your innate skills and you know use them to your advantage and exploit the shit out of them and mask your weaknesses. That's, that's what I say on that point. So, okay. Someday we're all going to live in a McMansion and film a reality TV show. It's going to be amazing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's going to be called Nutscaping Inc. Uh, okay. <laughs> Five. Ooh, this is going to be interesting. Offer enough price points. Check out the seven pricing oh, mistakes that conspiracy sales. Maybe we'll look at that for more info. We've all heard about the good, better, best mindset, but consider raising all of your pricing. Creating a lower price point may actually be counterproductive. Consider mm -hmm. moving your base product to the economy spot and creating two new higher priced options. This can help mm -hmm. steer your customers to the best option for them and for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, don't get confused. I, I actually agree with that. Totally. I think, I think what, well, I was going to say what's interesting here is that not having too many options is, is the key. Yes, that too. And, and, and don't have like 30 different upsells off of your base program. <laughs> you just have like create the good, better, best, you know, the, the Chevy, the, the Buick, the Cadillac, whatever you want to call it, you know, gold, silver, bronze, whatever. And, you know, there's things you can do. You can price anchor so that people generally choose the middle option and, you know, all those different pricing strategies that people will tell you to use. Um, but what I would say there too, on having those, um, those higher priced options is that I think you'd be surprised how often people will choose that higher price option. I know a, um, I know a, a very large company here in Ohio, um, over 15,000 customers in this company. And their premium program their eight app program sells at a rate that you would not even expect on in a company that size and it's simply them just putting it in front and saying hey here's everything you get it's not that what you get on the bottom is dog shit it's actually a really really good program there's fungicide treatments concluded and everything like that but they sell on that notion of this is what you get this is not what we're going to do when they list out all the services this is what you're going to get with this premium experience right and just that psychology and that sales psychology. And then, you know, just like Matt's guy who said, oh, 8,000 bucks, yeah, no problem. You know, I'll pull that out of my underwear mm -hmm. drawer, my sock, wherever, you know. Yeah, so, I, 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 have the, I have that right underneath my bed. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so there you go. Good, better, best. Think about that. And I, that might be a good, uh, a good counterpoint here. We'll maybe... Uh, add that topic to a list of things to discover or to do to some more discovery on here within the show of maybe how to make a good, better, best type approach program or programs, I should say, and what that might look like. So, all right. Uh, it's number six. The number nine is still alive. Believe it or not, research shows that prices ending in the number nine still outsells other price points, even the cheaper ones. Yes. I, I, I have no reason to refute this. I'd like a, I actually would like a mm -hmm. Travis Shattuck's uh, research paper review 
of this if it's a if it's a cited <laughs> paper. I would like that. Simplify. What looks better? Fourteen nine nine or nine uh fourteen ninety nine or one thousand four hundred ninety nine or fourteen ninety nine. And they've got, you know, the decimal point in there, they've got the comma in there. When dealing with prices, the last one is the easiest to digest. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, sure. Why not? Change the reference point by creating a sense of value. Instead of telling the customer the per application price is $60 or the seasonal price is $360, just reframe it as only $30 per month. If you have if you have to discuss a price increase or additional free, reframe it as a small fee of dot, dot, dot. I mean, I don't know. I guess it's like the uh, it's all, that's like the car money. payment guy. All, what kind of payment can I get you into today? What do I? You know, what kind of payment are you looking for? Yeah, it feels like <laughs> Grant Cardone. You know, kind of kind of deal there. Um, I, you know, yes, I I agree. You should use gentle verbiage when it comes to um. Uh, Telling people that that it's it's going to cost more money, right, than what was originally agreed upon, um, and the I uh, yeah yeah I I have I have I have no pushback on that. It is what it is. I don't think there's any easy way to do that. Yeah, there is no easy way to uh, to make anybody take that. Uh, it's uh, but. I like to reframe this entire conversation about pricing as I tell people, hey, you have uh, Medicare, you have uh, health insurance. Think of this as a type of insurance for the law. This is what this actually sure. is. This is more. This is more like insurance for the law. This is more like me being the uh, concierge physician for the lawn. It's not merely, ah, uh, he shows up every month, he does this or that, and then whatever. No. This is so that you have a number you can call when something does come up, and when you ask me a question, I'm probably not going to be dumbfounded and without an answer. Chances of that happening are not very likely. <laughs> you know, it, it's, a, it's a different, I guess, mentality, whereas when somebody is trying to just look at this from a from a price perspective, I already get the sense that it's going to become a matter of turning this into a commodity rather than an outcome. That's fair. Can we can we can we go back and and let's at the at the end here? Uh, there's one thing I want to I want to talk about. And it's, it's this last section that says, now, as far as material costs go, I would try to keep your material costs at less than 30% of what you charge for lawn fertilization. Typically, if you're following that guideline, a 3 to 5% price, uh, 5% uh, price increase to your customer would cover a 10% across the board increase in material costs. Okay. 
there's a couple things about this, right? Uh, is number one, this was written by ATS, so a sales guy's probably writing this. Uh, and number two is if you are operating at 30% material costs, you have to consider big time what you're grossing per thousand square feet, right? <laughs> if you're at uh uh at $15 a square foot and you're charging a 30% uh uh material cost so you're you're you know netting um uh, t- uh $10 per square foot that's doable. Uh-uh. If you're charging mm. $6 a square foot and you're paying $2 a square foot and you're netting $4 a square foot that ain't going to work, buddy. You will be out of business faster than I was at Carbon Earth. So <laughs> I'm telling you right now, <laughs> like it is way, it is not simple enough to just say, you know, 30% is, is good enough or 20% is good enough. You know, this is where like legitimately cost calculations, you have to understand every fucking number in your business, right? So you know, I I was kind of typing this out uh, as as we were going, and I think a lot of times people are not honest with their operating expenses. Right? Everyone can figure out what their cost of goods are. Right? Cost of goods being you know your your pesticides and your fertilizers that you're applying. Right? Maybe even equipment uh, uh, acquisition cost. Right? But actual operating expenses like yearly licensing fees, taxes, business taxes, and personal taxes. Don't forget that. Do not forget that. Business and personal taxes. Are you paying yourself a salary? Are you actually paying yourself a salary? Are you reporting you're paying yourself 30000 a year and then spending 70000 out of your business account? Or are you paying yourself a hundred thousand dollars a year, right? You you need to sit down with a CPA and figure that out because you will fuck yourself bad by not doing that. Insurance, liability insurance, property insurance, workers' comp insurance, auto insurance, inland marine. How many people have their uh uh uh, uh, cost of goods insured. Say you have a building, okay, and you have property insurance. There are certain property insurance policies out there that will not cover your cost of goods Con- of doing business. Contents of the building they they will Do not. Do you cover need their inland content. marine to to <laughs> mm-hmm. insure that? Telly said an LLC versus an S corp. Do you want to be a W two employee of your of your uh? Of, of your LLC. S-Corp is just a type of LLC, right? But mm-hmm. it allows you to be a W-2 employee. And there's some advantages, some disadvantages. What's up, Connor Ward, of uh, of wow. being just an LLC or an S-Corp or a C-Corp? Um, again, talk to your accountant with doing that. Um, and it, it, and you, you would be shocked. And I think that becomes more of a strategy when you're, when you're doing well over seven figures gross. Uh, in fact, I would probably argue that when you're netting seven figures, uh, S corp would, would be more important, but here's the other thing. If you just want peace of mind of being a W2 employee, uh, which is way simpler, you may not get all the tax breaks, 
but is going to be way simpler. Uh, and when I say tax breaks, uh, what am I what am I really saying there is uh, you know a, ability to offset some of your cost burdens, right? And uh, and it you know if you're charging your mileage, right that that uh, that you use on your vehicle or whatever because you're using it for business, you know, okay, that may lessen your tax burden, your personal tax burden a, a little bit that you don't have that exact advantage on your W two, but. Yeah, you know, again, that's going to save you the hours and hours of headache and receipt collecting. And oh, did I fudge that or did I do that accurately? And then sweating your balls off. Am I going to get audited? You know, again, there's value, time value in that to take into account. Again, and I would check anybody that has a property insurance uh, 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 policy. Check, check if your materials in the building are covered. Lord have mercy. Please, God, do that. Uh, other operating costs with with the vehicle. It's not just your note you're paying. What are you paying in fuel per month? What are you paying mm-hmm. in maintenance per month or per year? What are you pay, What are you allocating per year in repairs? Your first three years, you may have minimal repairs. It's just maintenance. But when you do have repairs, did you set aside money? Did you set aside a hundred bucks a month for three years, and now you've got thirty six thirty six hundred dollars to play with and repair? repair money that you don't have to worry about now did you set aside now you've got seventy two hundred dollars in repair money where if you need a new transmission or an engine rebuild or whatever it sure does take a lot of burden off of you same with equipment maintenance fuel repairs and then your note right and when you start looking at the end of the year you know where where can i reinvest some of this money back into my business to account for some of my business taxes right um, you know, can I, is it possible to show a loss this year? If I show a loss, it's going to help me out on my personal taxes. So now I can start allocating money towards those notes I have and not carry uh, uh, payments into the next year. And that, that, that's going to free up X amount of capital by, by Y date in 2024. And what am I going to do with that money? Am I going to put it into marketing or where's it going to go? Right. So you, you have to, you have to think in this way or you're never going to get out of a one or two man show if you want to be a thousand customers, 2000 customer, 3000 customer business. I call it the $250,000 hole, right? I feel like just about anybody that gets into this business can grow a gross $250,000 in revenue business in three years, right? Give it three years, you you can gross 250k a year, and you know you can be pretty okay with that, right? Uh, you, you know you you've got a pretty hectic schedule, and uh, and uh, you, you know you feel like you know vacation maybe every other year you can take one or whatever, and it's not exactly the lifestyle you thought it was going to be. You spend way too many late nights uh, in the spring till three o'clock in the morning doing paperwork and everything else. And when it comes time for taxes, you're ready to blow your brains out or whatever the case may be, but you know, you're okay. You know, financially, you're not freaked out just all the time, right? Only, only in January or February before you get started on your first app. Okay. Now you've got that next push to 250 to $500,000, right? All right. So you've started investing in marketing. You've gotten fairly good at it. You, you can make that push uh, to, uh, to 500,000. So you get there by year five, right? Then it's the race to a million dollars. How are you going to take a $500,000 company to a million dollar company? 
You will never build a million dollar company unless you are doing these things or you're incredibly lucky. Do you want to chance it to luck or do you want to take the time to actually learn what it means to work on your business? Everybody says they want to work on their business, but how many people actually want to do the legwork? I get it. It sucks staring at spreadsheets and strategizing how you're going to allocate every dollar that comes in. That's why I have a business partner. I'm not good at it. I suck at that. I'm terrible at it. I'd be lying to you through my teeth if I said, oh man, I'm just a wizard at it. And that's how I had successful, whatever, blah, 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 blah. No, I didn't. In fact, it's probably what's hindered a lot of my career up to uh, 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 most recently is being able to have someone full-time invested in that. Allocating every dollar before it even arrives in the bank. And it gets, it gets more complicated, but you've had, you have redundancy that can work in your advantage. How many people, I'm curious, how many people are listening operate on a line of credit, right? When you operate on a line of credit, you have two ways to do this. You can either hide from the bank or you can realize that you now employ the bank. When you have a line of credit, you are employing the bank and you can make a significant burden of responsibility fall on their shoulders to help you operate your business financially as fiduciarily uh, uh, positive as possible. That is their job. They don't want to lose money. They want you to grow so they can loan you more money that they can make interest on. They want to do that for you, but you have to have the initiative to ask. I see so many people own a uh, open line of credits and then hide from the bank as if they are the big bad boogeyman coming to take <laughs> you down. No, they want to touch base with you. They want to reach out and touch you because they have invested in you. If they've invested in you, put their fucking ass to work. And be like, hey, I need help with this. What is the appropriate strategy for spending here? If this were you, how would you handle this? In my allocating money correctly? Am I using the correct tags in, in QuickBooks? Can I give you a login to my QuickBooks and you just peek over everything and let me know what you see? And they're going to be like, okay, yeah, great. You will be shocked. <laughs> and if you have a bank that you have a line of credit with and you say that to them and they're like, ah, this sounds a little too much for me, find another fucking bank instantly. There are a dozen banks out there that want that because that is security on their investment. Put their ass to work. Work their dick into the ground. Heard here, folks. <laughs> if you're going to pay them, you know, six, seven, nine, 10, 15% interest, work their ass off. Work their ass Make them off. work for it. Yeah. Make them the work other thing for Telly's it. talking about here, retirement, health insurance. Yes, you're not going to live forever. You're 100% not going to live forever. Another thing that uh, uh, you, you can keep in, into the back of your mind too, and I, this, is, this is something my wife and I sit down with every year, and we look at what we spend on he healthcare costs. 
I will tell you right, I do not have health insurance. And the reason why is the amount of money we spend per year. And my daughter had to have her appendix removed. I don't even want to tell you what I paid for that. Uh, And the reason why I paid so little was because I told them, one, I'm paying cash. And, And two, it took just a little bit of like strong arming. That all of a sudden, when I say it, the the price dropped, uh, the, the price dropped by like, oh, I don't know, 20x. Divide the number yes, do- that was given to me by 20. And that yes, was it what does, I owed. Okay. And I was like, and that is like, that's another point. That's another point because, you know, for the past. Not for everybody. I don't, it's not for no, everybody. But you know, for the past 25 years, I basically said. Bye-bye to the health insurance oligarchy. I said bye-bye to it. And by doing so, I think I got superior care versus an incestuous system that's essentially what I call sick care. Okay, I mean, that's uh, because what I see happening and what I saw happen for myself is, yeah, people have insurance. They go to the doctor every every other month and they're not getting any better. In fact, uh, they're working their way to an early grave or if not an early grave, uh, they spend the last 10 years of their life in a long term care facility. No, thank you. No thanks. <laughs> I mean, that's just uh, my take on it because uh, I've seen too many good sh- subjects get fucked over by the healthcare system. Real quick, hang on. Let me get this one article and we can look through this. This will be our final. This is an interesting piece. And I brought this up uh, earlier in the show. Jay Pink, let me send this to you. Jay Pink, the man with no mouse. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so, funny. who went? I, said, I fucked oh, up this one. He showed that he uh, he lost sixteen percent on uh, on uh, that line item. Happens, hundred percent happens. Which it. line item is that? Uh, I can't see what the line is. I I don't know if it's. Uh, a material cost or a property. Mm. Um, so I don't know. Okay. So, okay. This is from the December, 2023 uh, edition of, I think it's, what is, what is the publication here? JPEG slide up real quick. Turf magazine, something like that. Oh yeah. It's turf magazine. Okay. S- yep. There you go. Uh, and it says, this is time for a landscape business consultant. Question mark. Mm-hmm. All right. So the article reads, your landscape business has been humming along since its launch, but lately you've reached a static point in growth. Sales have flattened and profits aren't where they where you want. Yet you're working more hours. You'd like to write the ship and perhaps set a new course, one that will take the business to the next level of growth and profitability. How do you find the help that you need? Should you hire a landscape business consultant? And where do you start? Streamline the search process. Turf garnered input from a dozen landscape business consultants who were each asked the same question. 
uh, view it as a starting point in getting to know some of the resources available to their special areas, typical clients, and consulting styles related in their own words. We encourage you to visit the websites and provide for more information. We thank all the consultants who participate. All right. Let's click through these, JPing. I think if you click the first one, you can count, or there's the numbers down there at the bottom. All right. Augusta Lank here. This is uh, Mike Andes. Mike's got a big YouTube following and is doing kind of a, um, what was that show, Ray? Bar Rescue. Remember that John Taffer would go in there and, you know, shut it the fuck down. Or you had Gordon Ramsay that would do the, the Kitchen Nightmares thing. He's kind of doing a little yeah. show like that now on YouTube. Yeah, he, and, uh, he is. Mm-hmm. It's It's cool. Whatever. So um, let's see your specialties. I want to just read the specialties on all these growth management and marketing. This is uh, Mike Andes. Okay. So let's go to number three. Click to the next one. J pink. Uh-huh. Invisor consulting and their specialties are helping landscape companies understand the value of building a mature organization that can scale to its full potential. Okay. I think that word that, that that word, and I think you'll see it other times here. Scale is is cool, right? But not everybody needs to be a big big bad eight figure monster, right? Mm-hmm. I think you really need to find that sweet spot. And at every stage, you're going to have to make another decision whether you double down and, and and accept more help, delegate more responsibility, and live your fucking life outside of just your job and overwhelming yourself with uh, a number of uh, urgent priorities, right? That seemingly never go away. So a business does not scale to the business potential. It scales to the owner's potential. Okay. And I will fucking (laughs) die on this hill, right? It's absolutely the limiting factor of a business is who is operating the business. I can tell you, my personality is not the same as my business partner's personality. Isn't the same as Demay's personality. Isn't the same as as Ray's personality. <laughs> and our visions of scale are not going to be equal. Uh, and you can ask any business owner out there; they may have an idea. And it's funny you ask them. Like even if if you listen to what they say, right? Like you know, wh- how many trucks do you want on the road? You're going to hear some people say ten. You're going to hear some people say a hundred. And say that with a dead serious look on their face when they say they want a hundred trucks on the road. And, it, and it's not to say that that's not achievable, but you're not scaling to the business's potential because they're both lawn care businesses, right? But mm-hmm. what it comes down to is what is the owner looking to take on as a level of responsibility, as a level of, of delegation, exactly like you said. If you're going to have a hundred trucks on the road, Boy, you better be delegating a shit ton and you better have some extra special people in some extra special positions that are capable of making extra special decisions. And exactly, you know, it's funny. I just had this discussion today with uh, another guy who's a lawn care guy, again, with a a massive business. And we weren't talking about this topic specifically, but he mentioned delegation, right, as a limiting factor. and. I asked him what he meant and he said, you know, the reason that they're massive is that he is perfectly fine with other people failing as long as they learn from it. Right. And his mindset is far different than the perfectionist or the person that's like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll do it. I'll do it. You don't do it. Just, just why don't you wait right here. I'll do it. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. And you do that 10 times a day 
with 10 employees and then you're doing it a hundred times a day with a hundred employees and that shit gets old real quick and then you pass out, have a heart attack and die, you know, <laughs> or, you know, you're sitting on a tree stump with a, uh, you know, steel plate, a revolver in your mouth at sunrise, you know, watching the sun come up, things like that happen, you know, you can't prevent it. All right, let's flip to the next one here, J-Pink. The Grow Group, uh, sales, this is their specialty, sales, leadership, operations, and financial performance. All right, let's go on to the next one. As of right now, I would hire none of these people. Uh, Housted Media, full-service digital marketing agency, agency with a team of 25. All right, next. Next. Harvest Group, uh, especially as geez, here we go. Design, build, lawn and landscape maintenance, lawn care, tree care, irrigation, snow removal, also operations, sales, HR, mergers, acquisitions, communications, PR, social media, sales and marketing, digital marketing, SEO. Specialty topics include people, find, get on board, keep and grow the right people, quality, delivering consistently on your service promise, customers, find, get on board, keep and grow the right customers, and employee handbooks. Let's talk about the ways to save time and reduce costs and increase profits. That is the fucking cheesecake factory menu of consulting. All right. Move on. I was going to say, like, what did they specialize in? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> okay. Remember uh, what I always say. Fine line between jackass and jack of all trades. Yeah. Jacking <laughs> off. All right. Um, in the too, cafeteria, right? <laughs> but outside because it's safer out there. Um, mm-hmm. It's a callback to the pre show. Sorry. Uh, let's see here. The Herring Group. Uh, offer specialties in financial leadership, CFO level consulting, quote unquote, the path to 12% focus on profit margin and life margin is life margin. Is that a Bruce uh, Butch Jones thing? Is that a, a life champions thing? Do you have a life champion? This is the first one we've read that I was thinking like, Hmm, I, I would probably do due diligence on this CEO. Um, in consider life. When I say, when I hear life margin, I'm thinking, uh, I don't know why that word is like fucking Tony Robbins to me 100%. And I don't know what it means, but I get it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I, I, it, it suckered me, boy, just hard, really suckered me and actually everything else they do. But the, the life margin, the way I interpret that is balancing revenue to time spent off the business, that yep. ratio. And yep. I, oh man, that's. It's the first person that's mentioned that caught my attention. I, I like it. Data warehousing, pricing services, operational yes. insights, industry benchmarking, and custom reporting. All right. Let's go to the next one. All right. Jeffrey Scott Consulting and Leaders Edge Peer Group. And they've got a picture of them with a bunch of penis shaped cactuses standing on not real grass. And their topics of specialty are financial management and profit improvement, vision and strategy development, implementation, employee first destination company, quote unquote, culture, sales and marketing leadership, scaling an organization chart and business and owner's role in freedom. Okay. No. (laughs) No. Landscape (laughs) leadership specialties includes website design and development, photography and video production, digital marketing, and sales enablement. 
Sales enablement. That's interesting. All right. I do. Yeah, I, I don't know what that word means, but I, I understand what they do. And I think finding the right partner for that is good. I don't know if they're it though. Online marketing, internet marketing, website development, SEO, Google ads, Facebook ads, social media management, email, email, uh, text message marketing, review building, and lead tracking systems. We also offer recruiting service where we help one landscape companies find employees. They need to grow their business. Okay. Interesting dichotomy there in the, the specialties. Ready Business Systems in the beautiful state of Rhode Island. And they offer a business system, CRM setup, integration, training, and transitioning. Ooh, they offer transitioning, right? Uh, marketing, <laughs> automation, business strategy, and business finance. For those of you uh, that are thinking I'm making a crude joke, Ray is transitioning to becoming a continental United States resident slowly. You know, he's not taking any pills yet or you know, purchased any property, but we're trying to get him to start transitioning and open up to his real self as a we did good old we did convince him to go ahead and take five COVID boosters in one month. Yeah. <laughs> in suppository form, Sheila Sheila had, uh, did not follow the instructions to a T exactly, but you know, she did drop out of medical school, so it's okay. Yeah. She's a full blotomist. Right. But she's never used any, anything other than narcotics. So All right. Um, <laughs> 12. Jesus. 212. We've almost advisors. convinced Ray to drive wearing a mask. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I I'm old. It's even more careful than the cum sock when you're jerking off. Uh, okay. Aspire software <laughs> utilization aligning with industry best practices. I'm not sure. Okay. Operations implementation consisting of process accountability and verification. Okay. And next. I, I don't even understand what they did. That was bizarre. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I, I'm Wilson wondering what they paid for this. Oh gosh. Yeah. Uh, specialties, unique experience and market growth and density strategies, leadership development, landscape business operations, mergers and acquisitions, strategic planning, financial planning, operational performance, organizational professional development, technology, marketing, communications, PR, and recruiting. Okay. All right. So some of these folks mentioned a little bit. There was like three, I think, if I counted correctly, that mentioned service delivery. Here's my question, fellas. Mm -hmm. at least from our perspective you know we're not talking about mowing contractors or landscape installers things we're we're specifically speaking to you know not just homeowners but in a professional sense you know the fur and squirt guys and in none of these from a scaling or growth perspective do i see anything about agronomics the fucking backbone no. of what we do and how we do no, it there is and why there is no it. talk of yeah, there's no talk about agronomy because my quick overview of all of these organizations is uh, these guys are basically going to tell you all how to be this super well-branded corporate structure that is basically selling nothing. Okay. Yeah, if you can't you know, deliver, if you can't deliver on that, who cares how many middle managers you have, how many trucks on the road you have, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, it's all bullshit because because where is 
the actual engine that drives a business, you know, our businesses that keeps us in business because what it sounds like is, okay, we're going to teach you how to sell, 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 but, uh, Ryan, Matt, Mm -hmm. what does it take to actually retain clientele? What does it actually take? Results. Personal connection. (laughs) Somebody that will come outside and and give you a glass of lemonade on a hot day. You know, Mm -hmm. shit like that. No no corporate leadership guru is going to tell you how to do that, right? It's going to take your texts and and no company culture on the wall, no fucking toxic positivity on LinkedIn. None of that shit (laughs) Mm -hmm. is going to make you... You know what I'm talking about. Because a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot of times. There's a lot of times what's actually needed is, <laughs> yeah, is my Myers Briggs is F U K D. I I th- I, th- I always thought that mine was simple. My Myers Briggs was F U. <laughs> you graduated high school. That's what that, that's what my said. Like. A fucking social misfit. Mine's going on here. No, mine, mine just said YouTube uh, sidekick. <laughs> yeah, my, mine just said ah. Uh, F you. Yeah, one of those. One of those. <laughs> uh, I need a, it's actually a the, more of my silent judging stare of with a little bit of a. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, th- 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 I just wanted to point that out. It was an interesting article, or at least the you know the spread there of all the different companies. And it just makes me wonder of there. Okay. So there's, there's two parts of this. Okay. Is first, there are, I'll say tens of thousands of companies nationwide that operate at a revenue level that is far below the minimum that you would need to hire one of these companies. Because they call this out in the article of, you know, some of them are 2 million, 3 million, million minimum. a lot of them are five yeah. or 10. Or yeah. Five, at least a million. million. Or at least a million minimum. I mean, that... And Matt just made the simple back-of-the-napkin math argument of why, if you don't know what you're doing from a product standpoint and an agronomic standpoint, you can literally just go outside and set money on fire and and go out of business faster and more efficiently than doing it and putting all this work into it. Mm -hmm. And and so that's my only challenge there. I'm not saying that we're the answer 100%, but... I, I guess the whole point here is that you ought to look at the engine, as Ray puts it, of your business before you go look, you know, at all the fancy shit on the outside of the car, right? Um, yeah, I, I mean fundamentals. Yeah, fundamentals, right, Ryan? Because uh, that would be the shiny carbon fiber body, but sorry, they gave you the. Uh, 1.3 liter carbed and point and condenser ignition. I so I had a conversation. And the, and this, <laughs> isn't a, this isn't me selling, so don't don't fucking tell. This is just us talking here. I had a conversation yeah. with a now national, international um, lawn care firm reviewing their programs. Okay, mm-hmm. and looked at one round and made one 
suggestion that, hey, don't do that. Do this instead. And the right. ramifications of that for a brand that big and a, with that size of a customer base is literally in the six figures. Like, not just like, oh, we're touching 100,000. Like, it is massive to make this one little switch. And so <laughs> I'm just saying, if, if you have companies that size that probably use a lot of these folks and fancy software packages and everything that aren't getting it right, then you need to, you need to think about that. And I don't know, there, there, there's a lot to that. So just be careful. You know, the shiny, shiny object syndrome is real. Um, yep. All that is a big thing. So this is a deep dive topic here, gentlemen. Really good. And we really didn't mm-hmm. even talk about, we just talked about pricing on a theoretical level. We really haven't got down to, we can get down and start building programs again. I know there's some of our most watched episodes are the ones where, you know, we remember that first, you know, one of the first ones where we literally tore, tore Lushy's asshole out and sewed it back in for him live on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. I, t- I tell you what, when our next opportunity to do this, let's, let's do this. Let's build a theoretical program for an area. And then we'll price that program and then we'll develop a price list based off that program and uh, margins on it. Right. And uh, (laughs) yeah, I think, I think, I think that would be a pretty good live fire drill. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Cause I I think insurance costs and stuff we can estimate between, between the three of us and then nail down to the nitty gritty of, uh, of operating costs. So yeah, we'll get, yeah. We'll, we'll have, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll pull Aldo in for that. Aldo can be our, our fourth, um, <laughs> our guinea pig here. <laughs> he, he yeah. can, no, well, he can just be out here, you know, helping us milk the cow on all four tits. So <laughs> <laughs> he's only got two. It's not a Mexican joke either. So I just, I mean, well, he's got white people milk cows too. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yikes. Right. <laughs> he probably likes brown feet. Uh, <laughs> all right let's go to the after show yeah we're gonna go to the after show uh i hope you enjoy this week's episode next week on thirsty thursday we have oh, dr yes. travis shaddix coming on uh so we're gonna be doing i i think that's perfect because we can do uh simplified fertility with with shaddix and then take the conversation we have with him on simplifying fertility and then apply that right into Ooh, a uh a low gosh. level mid level med level high level uh lawn care look program at, right look at matt martin doing show planning like two weeks in Boom. advance it's like he's coming home from school on friday doing his Boom. homework and he's gonna smoke pot all weekend baby yeah Dude, it's the first of the year i'm in i am balls deep in production mode right now we did all the r&d work over winter still balls deep in r&d work and so it is like it is full throttle fucking laser focus right now i'm That's... on one I hear you. Um, I'm it's right there with relentless you. execution time. Boys, we're going to the after show. If you enjoyed this week's episode uh, and you're of means, patreon.com forward slash burn and return. If, uh, that's where we hang out. We give more individualized attention. You can join our private discord. Uh, hang out hang out with the boys, uh, so to speak. But also hang out with a community of other people that have one genuine interest, and that is to learn and develop themselves their businesses their families their health whatever the case may be you can find your niche there um uh, so check it out patreon.com forward slash burner return to have all the uh, instructions on how to get in and become one of us uh, otherwise we are going to go hang out with our patrons at 
uh, at our, our private after show for a little bit of in-depth uh, uh, comedic relief, uh, adult humor, adult humor. Uh, a, f- a few more F words and, and B words and C words and D words and all the other four-letter chaotic shit that comes out of our mouth uh, will be that's ramped absurd. up on Tinder. Probably a couple... <laughs> that's absurd. Probably a couple of... Uh, uh, more COVID jokes too, just for fun. Because I, I don't know why I feel like it after after the pre-show. We'll catch you on the flip the side. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Jay Pink is uh, this on the my phone didn't right work. now. And, uh, <laughs> I gotta go find the outro. It's super. There it is. Was not very. You got it. No, we'll success. do it live. I'm, ah! I'm coming. I'm coming. Oh no, I'm not coming. <laughs> No, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs>